It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us today. My name's Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me, as always, in the KFG studios, certified financial planners, my business partners, friends, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Today, we're going to be wrapping up our series on the most valuable planning concept in each area of your financial life. So we say there are six plus one areas of your financial life. And today, we're going to tackle the sixth and final area of financial planning, which is estate planning. That's right. If you have a question, especially about what is meant by six plus one, or hopefully something uh more um, appropriate than that, I guess. Reach out to us, 574-222-2000. You can call or text, 574-222-2000. You can submit your questions online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit questions right there on the right. And then lastly, all over social media, wherever Wise Money is present, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that, you can submit your questions there as well. comes to me, we'll address it on an upcoming program. We're going to hit some questions later today. All right. What in the world did Kevin mean by six plus one? So there's six areas in your financial life. Your present financial position, protection planning. Hey, can you explain present financial position? Just Nope. Okay. Uh, we did tax, a whole show on that, tax, actually. Tax know, planning. Just get a little, give me investment a planning. <laughs> the fifth area is retirement planning, but that's where we also tuck college planning in. So that's one area, but it, it sort of hits two, and we took two weeks on it. And then the one we're going to tackle today is estate planning. Now, we've been going through this series. We made it. Whew. Where we're Shoot. talking about each specific area and the most valuable planning concepts in each. But here's the secret, and hopefully you regular listeners know this is no secret at all, that every financial decision you make impacts more than one area. It usually impacts somewhere between four to six. I haven't seen one that impacts less than four, personally. Um, So you can't talk about any area in a vacuum or in isolation, but we're sort of trying that, and we're talking about the most valuable planning concepts. Today, with estate planning, what do we mean by estate planning? I tell you one definition that most of you are already thinking, and it's not this, a will. It's not that. That's not estate planning. That's not estate planning. How would you define it? You know, I I don't want to get too philosophical here, but uh, I will anyway. Um, I, I think of estate planning as as thinking about what's the aftermath of your life going to look like, and will it be a blessing to the people that you care the most about or the places you care the most about, or is there going to be chaos left in your wake? And uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people, because they fail to plan, they do leave confusion behind or frustration or a whole bunch of work. Um, and, and that creates uh, you know, difficulties for the people that you care the most about versus those who plan ahead and say, all right, w- when I'm gone from this world, there may be resources that I didn't fully deplete and um, assets that can be used to to be a blessing to someone else. 
uh, but it will only happen that way if you plan ahead. I remember a situation I had early in my career serving some great folks. They've become friends, and they were in their 60s when we met, and we talked about financial planning, and we were talking about estate planning, and a lot of times people don't like talking about it because it reveals their um, own fragility. And um, So we talked about it, and she started crying. And I was just introducing the topic. We weren't even getting into the details. And, and I paused um, because I have this gift when people cry of making them really uncomfortable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just paused for empathy and just, you know, and, and she, she shared how important family is to her and how important her family was and her parents didn't have an estate plan and it ripped the family apart. Mm-hmm. And um, she and her husband had been blessed with five kids. They're very close to the kids. And every meeting we talk about the kids. And it was so emotional because she said, I do not want to put my kids through that. And so I've got to figure this out in advance and have a plan so it's all laid out so they don't have the stress and frustrations we had. Here is the recipe for lots of pain for your loved ones. If you take grief... And you add money and ambiguity, lack of plan, lack of direction, lack of instruction, lack of why. Um, that is that is a potentially explosive concoction there. And uh, unfortunately, boy, my, my heart certainly goes out to the folks you were describing because uh, th- there's a lot of families that during the grieving process, they're trying to sort out what's left behind and different expectations, different personalities, different histories together start to collide. And uh, unfortunately, relationships can sometimes be damaged um, and, and sometimes never get repaired. Yeah. Right. It, it is tragic and it's not it's not necessary. If you'll do the hard work to begin planning right now in an area that absolutely, it's not fun for people to think about. I I remember a quote from Woody Allen, I think it was, who said, uh, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens, right? (laughs) Nobody, (laughs) nobody wants to talk about this, but boy, if you're willing to do the hard work and actually kind of plan things, get things organized, man, it it doesn't have to be pain and suffering that uh, is the result of you passing away. Yeah, that's the reason why a lot of people don't deal with their estate plan is by dealing with an estate plan, I am accepting the fact that I have an expiration stamp on me, you know, no longer good after this date. Um, and you know, I was a, a little upset. Someone in the office threw away uh, some some of my aspirin that had expired. And I'm like, <laughs> why would you do that? Because uh, it's still good. It's good for years beyond what they say. They're just trying to sell more aspirin. But w- when we expire, w- we're done. And I was just talking with a good friend of mine who was talking about his father-in-law, who. Um, had a, a collected everything. He collected everything. He collected a lot of money. He collected a lot of land. He co- and he went from laying in bed in a diaper to gone. Mm-hmm. And when he left, he didn't take any of the land, didn't take any of the money, didn't take the 
the tractor collection, didn't go on down the line. He didn't take any of that stuff. It all is left behind. And it it's kind of, th- this is why planning is so important because planning more so than almost anything else in our culture, if it's done well and done right, will slow you down long enough so that the fog of war can kind of clear and you can say, okay, what do I want to do? And have I had the conversation, um, I was just meeting with some folks and they said, hey, we, we wanna change things. Um, pretend their children's names were Josh and Mike. And they said, Josh has been in the business and he's helped us grow the business. We want to leave the business 100% to Josh and none to Mike. They can split the other stuff. And so that's great. That's fine. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I've seen it where if you split the business between Josh and Mike at the death, Um, Josh, who was the faithful son and worked in the business, is kind of upset that he built something. Now he has to split with his brother. But you also have to explain to Mike, Mike, you're not going to be getting any any of the proceeds of the business. So these things, there's not a right or wrong answer, but there are some right and wrong ways to handle what you do with the answers. Mm. And this is what estate planning is doing. I mean, Josh, I love getting to work with Josh and Mike every day because I'm, I learn every day. I learn something from them. But you're right, Josh. The, 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 the unanswered whys need an estate plan done right answers the whys. And I think if you're not in a comprehensive financial planning relationship with a certified financial planner who's helping you look at all six areas of your financial life and how they impact – yeah, when are you going to slow down to have that conversation? How, well, how do you do that? I, and I'm biased because I've been doing this forever, but how do you do that in just normal everyday life if you don't have a guide helping you figure out what you need, why, and 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 kind of helping you with some of those delicate conversations? The truth is, though, folks, it's it's also not just about what happens when you pass. Estate planning encompasses a lot more, and I think that's a good launching point to All right, what are the most most valuable planning concepts? We've got that coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. What is that content we're talking about? The most valuable planning concept, specifically in the area of estate planning. If you have estate planning needs or other legal needs, reach out to the folks at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene. We work very closely with them. They can help you out. If you have a question, you can reach out to us a few different ways. First, wisemoneyradio.com. That's how you find us online. Submit a question right there on the right. Second, Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then social media, you can submit questions on on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, that sort of stuff, and the YouTube channel, Twitter. Just search Wise Money Radio. All right. We've defined and set the table for what estate planning is all about. 
although it was sort of narrow focused. I imagine we'll open it up a bit when we talk about the most valuable planning concepts. Josh, Kevin, what would you say in this in this delicate area of estate planning? It's the most valuable planning concept you've seen in your 20-some years of experience. You kind of teased it out at the end of the last segment. Um, maybe you were reading off my notes when, when you said estate planning isn't just about dying, right? In fact, maybe for, for many of us, the most important element of getting your estate plan in place is the stuff that's planning for the unexpected and you're still living. So there are some documents in a basic estate plan. The first one we often talk about is a your last will and testament, your your will that says what happens to your stuff when you you pass away. But what if you don't pass away? What if you do get conked on the head and you're not able to make decisions for yourself? Maybe you're incapacitated in some way. One of the documents that you need to have in place is a power of attorney. Because statistically, uh, there's a greater chance of you becoming disabled and needing help from someone that you trust than there is that you would pass away prematurely, right? So a power of attorney is a document that's still effective during your lifetime, and it's your way of planning ahead and saying, if I can't make decisions for myself, who do I trust to do it for me, and how do I give them that written authorization before tragedy strikes? Mm-hmm. So I, ha- having the right documents in place, I think, beyond just a will, is really an important concept that you need to give thought to. I had a situation where we weren't really engaged in planning. It was just they'd ask questions from time to time, and truthfully, they didn't they just did investments with us and they just didn't really want anything else. And I would talk about the different areas of their financial life and, Hey, what are you doing about this? And so on. Kids, you just can't really turn that, that truth off that your financial life's all connected. And when it came to estate planning, it was this sort of invincible approach that I don't need to worry about that. Um, individual was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and when it finally got around to acceptance and needing to plan for that, oh my goodness, we need to get this estate plan going. And and again, if your estate plan, if you're thinking as well at passing, you wouldn't have recognized this because we started going through the process of getting the estate plan together and just rushing it through. And And the meeting was supposed to happen on Friday to sign the documents. And on Monday, I get a call from the spouse saying he can't sign his name anymore. Oh, my goodness. So what do you do with that? What do you do? I'm not, that, that is a true story. This is not fear-mongering or, or making something. That's a true story. So, um, yes, your estate plan is much greater than just having a will or here are the instructions when I pass. You've got to consider these other things. That, that was the top of my list, specifically with a power of attorney, having those right instructions, making sure you've got the HIPAA authorization in there, making sure you've made an intelligent decision as to your durable power of attorney, whether it's springing or immediate. That's a big, there's a big difference between those, and, um, and you need to have a thoughtful approach to those things and have those all laid out. Kevin, uh, Josh, anything else stand out to you from an estate planning standpoint? Maybe it's not the most valuable because, you know, I just said it, but uh, the, just just teasing there, but something else that has made a really big impact in planning for estate planning. Well, 
you know, we're often uh, training our eyes to see the connections between things like estate planning and risk management. And this area of death, you know, it's it's hard to not talk about life insurance when you're considering estate planning because life insurance is one of the ways that you can create the right amount of resources for your survivors to have if you passed away unexpectedly. And so to me, you don't want to build your estate plan with without also considering what are the needs that uh, are unfunded at this point. And, uh, you know, doing an actual calculation, an unemotional review and analysis of what is the right amount of life insurance, how do we make that affordable in our monthly budget so that if the estate plan actually has to be carried out and uh, your family is picking up the pieces after some kind of, of unexpected tragedy, um, how, how do they do so in the most financially secure way possible so that they can go go about trying to deal with the, the emotional grief and not have a financial crisis on their hands at the same time? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things, and I think about my own situation, it's having breakfast with my children and explaining the concepts to them of, hey, listen, here's the deal. Your mother and I, if we don't get through all of our money in our lifetime and there's money left over, it's going to go proportionately to the most responsible children. And if there's only one responsible child, they'll get the, they will get most of it. Because this, this area, you know, Joshua was talking about how when you, when you mix grief and money and ambiguity, into one kind of toxic cocktail. Um, Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I mean, at my mom's funeral, uh, my brother said, hey, I I want all the live plants. And all of a sudden, this sibling, you know, junk that we grew up with uh, comes flooding back. You're like, oh, no. You know, so so what do you do? So you can you can even fight about as something as simple as who gets the live plants from the funeral. Yeah, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? So this is this is where you want to be talking and equipping and preparing your children, because it's hard for them to understand. Hey, listen, I have been given stewardship responsibilities for this money, and I'm going to free you up. You do not have stewardship responsibilities for this money. So don't look at the money God entrusted me with and think that in any way, shape, or form, you are entrusted with it. Because if you do, you're going to be very confused. And, and it, might even, it, it might even neuter you. You, you might, it might wreck some of your drive if you think, well, I'm going to be getting something from my parents. I'm going to be getting something from my grandparents. I'm going to be getting something from my rich uncle, fill in the blank. And you say, nope, nope, nope. You need to be responsible for what you're entrusted with. And, I'm, and you demystify it and you say, hey, listen, this is what will be happening and won't be happening. So you really empower the next generation to fully live. 
I, I love two things about what you just said. You, you took many of the words right out of my, my, my own mouth, but you were revealing some of your own worldview there. Yeah. That, it, you know, using the word stewardship that says, okay, this is, this is all God's money. I'm just a manager of it right now. And one of your last acts as a manager or as a steward is who's going to be the next steward. Mm. And so your responsibility is to choose someone who is ready. And maybe if it's your children, your responsibility is to get them ready also. Yes. But at the very least, recognize who, wherever you are right now, just hear and understand that you might have certain opinions and beliefs and intentions, and your kids may have different expectations. And so it's important for you to get your expectation. This is your choice, as Kevin was saying. This is your stewardship responsibility. And your kids need to understand what that is so that, uh, again, hurt feelings or unnecessary conflict isn't the unintended result. We're kind of pointing out a few potential traps here. We're, there's several more that you we've just seen as financial planners with 50 plus years of experience, and you probably have seen some of these too in your life. We want to help point those out so you can avoid them. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The last conversation I had with my grandfather, we were very close, born the same day, and we're just very similar people. I didn't know it was our last conversation. We went to lunch, and I had become a financial planner, and my grandma had already passed, and he was in great health, and he just started talking about estate planning. He didn't have one didn't have anything and I talked to him about the importance of getting it done and uh, thankfully he did three months later he had several massive heart attacks and passed away the next day and cleaned a lot of things up and avoided a whole lot of stress and actually uh, saved some money in the process as well for the family had no idea and yet that was our last conversation Kevin just encouraged uh, for those of you listening on YouTube your next action item likely is to have a conversation with someone. Now, one of those people could be your certified financial planner. I probably wouldn't go directly to the estate planner because it's got to fit. Your plan needs to fit within your entire financial life. Your certified financial planner is the one that's connecting all those together. But then also probably a conversation with your kids, maybe your spouse as well. But get on the same page. If you're stewarding these resources, make sure you clarify your intentions there to help get things back to plumb, right? And make sure that expectations aren't running wild there. So, ah, that's an intro. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. We're talking about a heavy concept today about estate planning, the most valuable planning concept in that area. We're going to start talking about mistakes. There's plenty, unfortunately, here. So my name is Mike here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, as always. Want to say thank you to uh, Bethel College, Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with the Inspired Homes team. And lastly, also want to tell you, if you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. You can call or text 574-222-2000, wisemoneyradio.com, and you can submit a question there online, and then social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, submit questions there also. So, so, so biggest mistakes, story about grandpa there, 
one mistake could just be I assume I don't really need one. I don't have a lot. He didn't. He was Great Depression, World War II. He didn't have much. Um, a hero, I mean, no doubt. But as far as, you know, a gazillionaire, no, far from it. So simple. I don't need anything. That That's a big mistake. Did you say he was Russian? No, no, no. I misheard you there. <laughs> no, he, he was a great Russian is what I just heard. I was like, what? No, no, no. Okay. Um, try to... Uh, uh, listen more than writing there, Josh. Okay. Josh is taking notes. Uh, no, he was... <laughs> Threw me off. And Busted. Just assume that he didn't need an estate plan when in fact uh, when in fact he did. I think that's a big mistake. What yeah. are some other big mistakes people make in this area? Okay, broken record time, not having a plan. Mm-hmm. So you have to have an estate plan. And when people don't really understand what we do and they say hey um, I've got kids and I, I've never gotten a will and I need an estate plan um, can you point me in the direction of a good attorney I can there are lots of good attorneys in town and we don't have any problem helping you find a good one and get that done but your estate plan needs to be done in the context of your financial plan because if the only thing that happens is an attorney drafts the documents and you sign them and they get notarized you're not done that's actually the that, middle step. There's three steps to estate planning. What do you need? Getting it done and then implementing it. That, that's what I had as as the mistake I wanted to highlight, that those who actually do go to the work, they do work with the attorney, they get documents drafted, they, they decide what's important to them, and then they don't actually go carry it out. I just had a conversation with someone who uh, paid a lot of money to have a trust created. And I just kind of asked him in passing, well, have you done the heavy lifting now of getting all the right assets into the trust? And and he said, no, the attorney told me that I probably shouldn't because, uh, you know, if I have my car and my house in there and someone sues me, they can get it. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was the most backwards thing I've I've ever heard. But... We see it all the time, though, yeah. where people get the documents drafted and then they don't actually carry it out. And that can be a mistake because that's just an expensive pile of papers that isn't doing anything for you until you implement. Yeah, so you want to make sure in in the implementation piece, to me, the biggest mistakes that I've seen is not having the beneficiaries correct. An easy one is mom and dad bought a life insurance policy for me I'm the, and they then they made me the owner so I'm the owner I'm the insured there are three parties in a life insurance contract an owner insured and a beneficiary well guess who the beneficiary of that contract is sister yeah it's <laughs> it's mom and dad right they bought the policy and yeah. they said all right well you know if something happens to junior um, we we've got this eventually we're gonna make it his they make it juniors but they never get their yeah. their names off of it and put wife's name on there and you and there are fascinating stories um uh, there's a there's a big one when i was growing up in financial planning of a a guy who was a teacher and he accumulated a million dollars in his 403b and he was married for 37 years and then he died and his sister was the beneficiary. This was in New York. His sister was the beneficiary of the money. 
and everyone thinks, well, you know, sister would do the righteous thing, knowing that because when he started teaching, he was single at the time. He huh? was single, and he's like, okay, if I die, who's the money you go to? It'll go to my sister. Well, then he had a wife, but he never changed the beneficiary. And then thirty-seven years later, when he dies, the money goes to sister. So even if sister wanted to be righteous and give the money to wife, sister would have to pay the taxes because as the beneficiary, she owns it. Right. Unless she wanted to disclaim it and there's some other, we're not going to get into that. Yeah, That's like uh, wise money 301. Mm-hmm. But so just just so work with the with the story here. Sister said, "Hey, listen. Um my brother really wanted me to have the money. Of course. Of course. Got a million reasons why. Yeah. Well, and you can, it it gets exponentially easier to judge the intentions of dead people um, when it's in your favor. So she she had a moral obligation to take care of the widow, her sister in law. She did not have a legal obligation. Yeah. You touch on something there that it's 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 different that you than what you brought up, but sort of connected. Have you seen this where someone passes away and you know the the survivor has the money and then they make some decisions, some permanent decisions in the short term in the fog of grief that are permanent? Because of probably control, you know, I, lo- I we we lost this person and I had no control over it, and so let's just start giving this money away, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, and um, I don't know if an estate plan really solves that. A certified financial planner, I think, I think would, but I've seen that a lot, specifically g- giving money away, and there's there's just from a tax standpoint. There's huge reasons why it might be better for someone to inherit that money than for you to give it away. But I've just, I just, I would put that under the category of the mistake of, um, of, of needing to, or making some permanent decisions in a very emotional state that probably end up costing more money and grief. That's that's definitely a, a big mistake. Uh, the one that I heard as Kevin was sharing his story about this couple in New York who after 37 years of marriage, one of them passes away and accidentally leaves the money to a sibling instead of his own spouse. That's 37 years of opportunities to go back and make sure that they have the right beneficiaries in place, that their estate plan really is going to carry out their wishes. You need to ask yourself that question today. If I had passed away yesterday, would my uh, family members, would my assets be passing to the people and the places that I intend, or are there some things in place here or that are missing that would short circuit all of that plan? And that's the review process that you need to be thinking of if if you have an estate plan but haven't looked at it lately. And part of the benefit of having an annual ongoing relationship with your certified financial planner. We've got some great listener questions coming up. We'll put the wraps on the estate planning piece. Lisa's first question as well. Do I use cash or do I use loan to buy the next vehicle? Sounds like an easy answer. It's a little more complicated than you think. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, ah, oh, tough, tough topic today. One you might want to avoid. If you've missed anything, though, I'd encourage you, listen and and take your next wise step in your financial life. You can catch everything we missed as well as every other episode on the YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio. On podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, wherever, just search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. And if you don't like either of those options, you can always just go to wisemoneyradio.com. Listen to every episode right there. The full library is there as well. And you can submit questions right there on the right. Final thoughts here on as we wrap up this series on your most valuable planning concept or today's topic, estate planning, before we jump into this question from Lisa. Uh, my thought would be maybe the message you've heard from uh, from this show so often, and that is when you're making decisions for your estate plan, make sure that this is part of your overall financial plan. You know, Mike was sharing at the end of the last segment uh, this idea that, boy, w- what happens if you are in that situation where you've lost a spouse, lost a loved one, and life gets turned upside down? That's where an estate plan can suddenly now launch you into a recalibration of what the future is going to look like. And financial planning is the right context to do that. So the most important relationship that you need to have in place is with a certified financial planner who can help guide you to the right attorney and work together to build the right documents, the right decisions that fit in your overall financial life. Yeah, and I, I'll just throw in a, a freebie. So we, we talked about the ideas, if I'm going to implement right now, it is to make sure I've got an estate plan. And if I do, that's great. It should be in the context of my financial plan. Make sure I am schedule it today. Send a text to your children. Um, I don't know how often you talk to your spouse. Maybe you need to text your spouse, depending on how you communicate. Text the right person and get the, the next conversation started. And a lot of people fear these conversations because they don't know how to have them. Get some uh, ideas from your financial planner or just start it and say, hey, I want to talk to you today about money. We've never talked about money, and I want to talk to you about what my thoughts are. And it's quite possible there's a expectations mismatch and what the the person who's sitting across the table from you uh, enjoying the omelet might get some heartburn because they were thinking something else or they were expecting something else. Well, I'd rather do it today than when I'm not here to defend myself. So do that. And then one of the questions that we get I get asked um, quite often is, hey, can I just do this on legal Zoom? I can save some money. I say, nope. Get an attorney. Work with your financial planner, but have an attorney draw up the documents. And they say, but isn't it cheaper to do it on legal Zoom? It's quite possible it's cheaper. And you can you can have cheaper and use cheaper. And cheaper is good until you need to actually use the documents. And that's when you find out 
what's wrong with the documents. Mm. And that that's kind of after the fact auditing. I don't want to audit this after the fact. I want to get it done right the first time. And there's a, there's a little proverb, the poor man pays twice. Um, a small mistake in your estate plan can cost you significant amounts of dollars. So get that thing done and get it done correctly using professional help and and set it and, and forget it for three to five years. And then I would just put the wraps on the entire series. You can't make a financial decision that impacts just one area. The whole, our culture tells you you can and that they're wrong. It's just, and that's not, I, that's not me saying, well, my belief is they're wrong. Nope, they're wrong. And so uh, shame on us for, for approaching these past seven weeks saying we're going to talk about this area and this area and this area. If you listened, we talked about almost every area in every show. Um, but the example, a uh, very vivid example of this teacher in New York, that's just clear. I mean, uh, that's, that's investment planning, right? Because that's your 403B. Well, it's tax planning because, well, now what does sister do? And what did she actually inherit? And um, and protection planning with life insurance and so it, every financial decision impacts your entire financial life and you need a comprehensive financial planner who is working in making sure all six areas of your financial life are working in sync that's the message yep and to, right. put, to put a bow on that when you hear financial advisor and forgive us we use these terms interchangeably we mean certified financial planner who actually does financial planning. So it's a little confusing because you think, oh, my financial advisor sells me investments or my financial advisor recommends that I buy permanent life insurance or fill in the blank. And that that's not a financial advisor in our vernacular. We're talking about a certified financial planner who can help you in all these areas. All right. Lisa asked a great question. You're going to find yourself here, uh, my guess, in some way, shape or form. She's 39, Mishawaka. I was planning on replacing my car this year, an O3 Camry with nearly 200,000 miles on it. Way to go, Lisa. Should I use some of my emergency fund in order to pay cash for this next car, or do I get a small loan? Tricky. Could be. Yeah. To me, I want to focus for a moment on what's missing so that the next time you're in this situation, Lisa, you're talking about how much cash to just spend on that next vehicle. What you're missing right now is what we call a delayed spending account. This uh, this predicament that you're in where you, you feel like you're kind of coming to the, li- the end of the life of the vehicle and you don't necessarily have cash earmarked for the next vehicle. I, we, we knew, I mean, five years ago, you could forecast this day. It's amazing how quickly five years can blow by and how miles can rack up on a vehicle, but you know your car is not going to last. And so wherever you are, uh, Lisa and everyone else listening, if you don't have a game plan for what the next car purchase is going to look like, then you need to start planning for that right now. And when I say planning for it, I also mean preparing in the sense of saving for it Yeah. so that you don't have to turn to an emergency fund or a loan. What if you turn to an actual car replacement fund that you've been building up slowly over the years of uh, the life of that vehicle? I, I would almost challenge you at 200,000 miles, there are Camrys that still have plenty of life left in them. 
It's barely broken in. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm hearing more and more examples of people who are driving vehicles way past 200,000 miles. Now, I don't know your circumstances. Maybe there are image things. Maybe there's something wrong with the vehicle. Um, maybe it's a safety issue. I, I don't know. But if you were capable of getting another year or another two years out of that vehicle, what if right now you started saving up a month, $400, $500 even, some amount of money um, that you would otherwise be putting towards that car loan you're talking about anyway, especially if it's a car loan that you're going to keep short. If you can afford a short car loan, then you can afford savings as well. And what if you just postponed that purchase just a little longer and you built up the resources, you played catch up on this delayed spending concept that we're talking about. Maybe you don't have to tap into the emergency fund or a loan. You just sacrifice a little bit of time with this vehicle. It's tempting, and I talk to a lot of folks who say, well, you know, my car's starting to nickel and dime me to death. So I have to, you know, I, I, need to, I need to get a new car. And I say, well, you know, the cheapest car you're ever going to drive is the one you're driving right now. And it costs 100 bucks a month to own a vehicle. And if you're not setting that 100 bucks a month aside, you're going to be surprised when 12 months from now you have a $1,200 repair bill. But that's what it costs. And if you're not preparing to pay the cost of owning a vehicle, you will be surprised by what it costs. But a hundred bucks a month is a whole lot less than a four hundred dollar month car payment, or yeah. fill in the blank. I agree. I, I agree. And I, 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 that was the first thing I thought of. Josh was okay. Can you delay this thing and really supercharge some savings? But then the point is, after you make the decision. Okay, if you if you go with the emergency fund, you got to backfill that thing quickly, and you need right. to do a full assessment of your risks out there. It makes me nervous, mm-hmm. um, but I but I would do that, and then if you do need to get a loan, then I would supercharge that thing. But whatever, when you're done with that, you need to have that delayed spending set up so you're saving. Mine is actually called new car. That's I mean, I log into my bank account. And, and it says new car account right there. So um, you need to get that discipline in place. Thanks for the question, Lisa. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.